Chase Solutions. This is From My Couch to Yours with Dr. Samira, where we will explore topics and subjects, both big and small, for living our best lives as our best selves and all unapologetically. We hope you enjoy your journey with us as you laugh, learn, listen, and grow. But please remember, this podcast is not intended as a substitute for mental health care with a licensed professional. Sit back, relax, and have a seat on our virtual couch. For more information, visit us at www.chasesolutions.com. Hey, hey, Dr. Samir here um, with another episode of From My Couch to Yours. Uh, So thank you again for joining. If you haven't caught up on the latest episodes, you can feel free to catch them on uh, chasesolutions.com. You can check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, just to name a few. Or you can always go ahead and visit my Instagram TV, uh, and there are tons of episodes there if you need to get caught up. So today I wanted to talk to you all about conflict resolution, particularly as it pertains to uh, romantic relationships. I think everyone has experienced um, having a fight with somebody they love or care about. And we're going into the holidays, um, and I'm sure that that brings up a lot of tension for lots of folks, uh, what that's gonna be like, maybe difficult family members or folks that you haven't seen in a while or all kinds of things that might be brewing during the holiday season. I think it could be a tense time for folks at times. So I figured this might be timely to share some thoughts on conflict resolution um, and minimizing minimizing them effectively. When I say minimizing, I mean de-escalating, I think is a better word, um, with regard to handling conflicts with people that we love and care about. So uh, I want to start off with the folks that we may um, in encounter conflict with that are in romantic relationships. And then I'm gonna pivot a bit um, to talk a little bit about relationships between parents and children. And then I'm gonna pivot and talk a little bit about uh, relationships with family members in general and creating healthy boundaries in all three of those situations. So to start off with romantic relationships, I think one of the tips that I think applies to all three of those categories is the idea of assuming No ill will and not attributing intentionality is something that I like to say. Um, To avoid attributing intentionality to the actions of other people. So you're probably like, what does that even mean? Um, What I think it means, particularly with clients that I work with, is that oftentimes in a situation or an argument, um, someone will say, well, you did X, Y, and Z, and you did that because blah, 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 right? So we are assigning... um, intention behind whatever their action was and oftentimes when we've been hurt we're assuming that their intention may have been to hurt us um, and that can stir up a lot of feelings for ourselves and I think generally is a way to quickly degrade communication and being able to hear either person's point of view which therefore escalates the conflict from that place and from that standpoint. So one of the things that I think can be really helpful is to avoid doing that. So, for example, if someone's hurt me or someone's hurt in a relationship or in a situation, um, sometimes it's good to assume, I wouldn't say good, that's not the best word, but I would say it's helpful to assume neutrality there. So, like, I don't necessarily know why you did what you did, 
or what your reasoning was behind it, but what I can do is speak to how it landed on me or how it made me feel. So both avoiding the idea of assigning intentionality to something and entering into a conversation with neutrality are both things that I think are really great tools for de-escalating conflict that can come from or come out of relationships that we feel very strongly about or that we're very committed to. Um, so I'll give another example with regard to neutrality. If I, like I said, don't have a lot of the answers to those questions. I don't know why you did what you did, but like I said, it hurt me one way or the other. A good way to start some of those conversations is around inquiry. So you can say how you felt about something. So, well, when this happened, I felt like this. And I was wondering, um, you know, what that was for you or how you were feeling about it because this is how I was feeling when it happened but I'm not sure how you were feeling about it now when you approach somebody like that you say like I don't know how you were feeling about this but this is my authentic experience of how it landed on me and you can say if it hurt or how it made you feel and you can say that again from a place of neutrality and I'm also not assuming that you did whatever you did to hurt me or to undermine me or to be spiteful or whatever you know I would say the laundry list of things are that we attribute to other people's behavior but you just come from it come to to it I should say from a place of just inquiry like I'm just trying to get clearer on what happened in most cases when you approach a conflict with someone that you love and care about from that angle if we can safely assume that they love and care about you right because that is sort of a prerequisite to these kinds of um, tricks of the trade with resolving conflict with people that love and care about you um, you're more likely to get a less defensive response if you if you engage in the conversation from that standpoint. They're more likely to then say, well, you know, this is what I was thinking about it, or this is what I was trying to do. And a lot of times that can be an opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about what their intention was. What were they thinking, right? Why did you do what you did? Um, and even when you're, I would say, recovering from a conflict or a blow up or whatever else, having those kinds of opportunities to come back to those conversations from a place of neutrality can be a great place to start to come back to and even move on from in a more positive way, whatever the conflict was about. So like I said, in romantic relationships, in family relationships, and relationships with your parents, neutrality and assuming no intention. So like, I don't know why you did what you did, but if I want to know about why you did what you did, the first thing I can do is share with you about how it felt and then invite you to share your perspective. The reality is none of us have the same perspective. <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds obvious, but like when we enter into an, arg an argument, a conversation, a dispute, oftentimes we are assuming that the other person should just get it because whatever is super obvious to us must be super obvious to them. The reality is that's never true. <laughs> so you're always going to be in a situation where you can invite the perspective of somebody else and you can also be vulnerable enough to share your own perspective. But again, the best way that that is heard oftentimes is not from a place where your emotions are really heightened, where you're really upset. And I know that's hard to do. Right, because when you're upset with someone that you love and care about, and you know emotions can run pretty high, 
right? So what I would suggest in those moments, and we've all heard this before, before you say something you don't mean, or I would even say, say something that you didn't mean to come out that way. Because sometimes people do mean what they say in a hurtful way because they, in that moment, they were feeling hurt and they wanted to maybe hurt someone else, right? But sometimes the best way to start with those is to step away from that and give yourself some time to process your own feelings of let's say anger, frustration, whatever it is, so that you could come back to the conflict, like I said, from a place of neutrality and inquiry. And in that way, inviting the other person to join in the conflict resolution with you. And a reason why it's really good to step away from things, and to clarify, when I say step away from things, I am in no way endorsing the idea of stonewalling or any of the other, I think, fairly unhealthy um, emotional like distancing when you just kind of stonewall people act like you don't care about something or whatever. I don't think that's a healthy way to engage in conflict at all. Uh, but I do think that it's okay to want to take time to process your own feelings and emotions before you re-enter into a conversation. And something that I, I had uh, suggested to uh, a, a couple that I was working with once was just the idea of, you know, it's one thing to want to take time away and, and like, you know, I'm just so angry right now that like, you know, I just don't even want to deal with that person. But let's say, for example, not responding to a text, ignoring a phone call and not communicating to that person who you love and care about that you need that time to process or you need that time but you will be back can actually be not as healthy because you're undermining that other person's um, trust in being able to know that you're going to be able to come back to that conversation. So sometimes it's not a matter of like, we have to talk about it now because there's a group of camp of people that are like, I'm upset. We need to talk about like this, this right now. Like, I don't care whether you're ready to do it or not. Like it's now or never. Um, and then there's the folks that are like, I don't have to deal with this. I don't want either parts of this. And to be honest, both approaches are not the best. There's actually another option that sits right in the middle of that. It's okay to communicate both things. That like, yes, I am really upset about this. I do intend to come back to you and talk to you about this, but how I'm feeling right now, I need time to just be with my feelings about this and I can come back to this. Now, when you make a promise like that, Again, back to conflict resolution, regardless of whether this is a romantic relationship, family or otherwise, friend, whatever, you do have an obligation to come back to it. And you do have an obligation to come back to it timely, right? Because again, you want to be respectful and empathetic of the other person who is in that conflict resolution sort of tussle with you in that if I tell you I'm going to come back and talk to you about something that I should be able to understand is distressing, then I don't want to have you hanging on Tinder hooks for like ever while I'm still kind of in my feelings. Because that sometimes starts to border a little bit on like a little spiteful, right? If you needed some closure or some, some information or, or wanted some kind of resolution to a conflict, you wouldn't necessarily want to wait around forever either. So I think there's a healthy balance between sharing what your needs are, being respectful and understanding what the other person's empathetic possible uh, experience could be during this waiting pattern, and being willing to come back to the conversation and enter back into the conversation like you said that you were going to be able to. So I think those are really key points. So just to recap, one, entering into conflict from a place of neutrality. Again, avoiding assuming intentionality. Like do not assume that someone did something because of X, Y, and Z. You are not them. You do not have access to their subjective experience. You don't know why they did what they did. But you can ask from a place of 
neutrality, which means you're not attacking them and you're not making any assumptions. Because when we do that, people usually get pretty defensive, don't want to share, and just don't want to go there with you. So it's just not really a good idea. The third thing, of course, would be that if you do need space and time, and if you are in one of those two camps, the pursuer and or the avoider, and a lot of folks fall into those, to those groups, and a lot of conflict um, can happen in relationships in general, where one is always the pursuer and one is always the avoider. And those can be really challenging situations because the pursuer wants to have a conversation now, and the avoider could pretty much just never have the conversation. And neither one of those things is helpful. But again, meeting somewhere in the middle where you can communicate what your needs are is really helpful. What is it that you need to take away, to step away, so that you can come back to this conversation? And then making sure that you actually do that in a timely fashion. And again, all of these all of these strategies can be useful in relationships with anyone. So not just romantic relationships, but relationships with anyone. And a quick note about family relationships and boundaries as well, um, and conflicts there. Um, sometimes we enter into exchanges with folks before we have the bandwidth to do so. And that's not really the best either, because sometimes you're not at your best when you're engaging people from a place where you just don't have the emotional bandwidth to be understanding, empathetic, or whatever. But on the flip end of that, it is important to know where your emotional bandwidth is is sort of at its end, right? And when you need to sort of preserve your own well-being before you can re-engage with other people. And it's important to communicate that to others, and I think it's very important to hold those boundaries. But I think in addition to holding those boundaries, you want to share those boundaries with, with care and consideration. Because you do want to be mindful of the fact that whoever's on the other end of hearing that boundary, feeling that boundary, um, is going to have their own feelings about it. Now, that's not to say that you should compromise what you need for you, but it's just to be mindful of the fact that I'm communicating this boundary, and I know it may not be as easy for you to hear, but this is a boundary that I need for me. Um, so I think in both situations and all situations, just keeping in mind the general care of the feelings and heart of both your own, but also the other person who's in that partnership with you, whether, like I said, it's parent to child, it's family member to family member, or it's a, you know, lovers to friends, whatever it is, I think it's always important to come to and back to the idea that whoever this person is that I might be in this conflict with is somebody who means something to me. So I want to be careful and intentional in how I handle our conflict so that we come out of this in a better place than we were when we perhaps started. So just some thoughts and ideas about conflict resolution. I hope some of these tips were helpful. And until next time, later.